Hello there. Um, watching a Terminator Salvation right now, and um, it's uh, really interesting. I know just been whenever I watch a TV show or a movie lately, I see interconnections in between things that uh, I never had seen before. Um, this one, you know, t discusses. I mean, it's all about the apocalypse, right? It's about um, Judgment Day this whole Terminator war and all this other stuff that goes on. But what precipi precipitates it all is a, uh, is a man who is sentenced to, to death, and he ends up getting his body transformed when he's put to death into that of a robot. Well, it's my belief that... Um, that private prisons and, uh, to some degree, the whole idea of corporate corporations running prisons have, has actually been used as a stage to experiment on people. You know, and uh, when it comes down to it, it's supposed to be humane, right? You know, the concept of being able to put somebody to death and everything through medicine or through, you know, through drugs at that point. But the the whole concept of the Terminator is this guy goes through this event of where he's put to death for, or, or to assume heinous crimes and everything, and he wakes up in 2018, a post-apocalyptic um, world where basically Terminators are running rampant and you know nasty robots, and basically um, I've got uh, Skynet, which is a personification of the person that... Uh, that he ended up loving prior to the whole being put to death and everything. And so here's the suspicion. Um, what we're seeing through movies altogether is basically um, real experiences that are happening, that are being more or less... Um, if you've seen the, the movie Source Code, Source Code itself details... Um, the events of a man that's actually stopping a nuclear war uh, from happening, and uh, he ends up basically he ended up dying over in Afghanistan. Part most most of them died, but they preserved a part of him, and he's now in Colorado, or at least the remains of him is. And the the part of his mind that's still alive is being used to more or less send him back to certain points in time to prevent catastrophic attacks on the United States. So these catastrophic attacks can be in the in the primary case, it's a it's a biological attack, um, if I'm not mistaken, or a nuclear attack. It's one or the other. I can't remember which one. And uh, I mean, that's what his what his goal is. So he's sent back in time, but in the present day, they can't get him to revive him and everything. So more or less, he's put in this loop where he's more or less saving the world over and over again. And most everybody, once it's actually put in place, nobody has any clue, you know, that he's actually saved the world as much as he has. So it's this really interesting thing where, you know, Terminator, you know, Terminator Salvation in particular, this man ends up being put for, you know, put in prison and everything for life. Uh, or for you know to to death penalty, he's given a you know the deadly concoction and everything, and we're to assume that uh, when he wakes up and everything, that um, you know that something happened and everything. Well, that something that happens pretty obvious.
you know, that he ended up being experimented on by Terminators or uh, maybe something else, uh, maybe humans and everything, trying to understand the nature of the mind and everything. And the concoction that he was given wasn't quite as deadly as was what it was positioned to be. And that's the whole thing is, you know, it, with the privatization of prisons and corporations running prisons, this is kind of the problem that we end up having. There is no oversight, true oversight on corporations that are actually doing this. So, you know, you're le left to, to question, you know, are the ethics of the prisons that are actually doing this moral? Are they morally sound? You know, is there is there something else going on that we don't know? And to some degree, if you look at source code, maybe source code itself is something that's actually running in the background for reality itself. And we see this divergent reality, a Terminator salvation reality that happens as a direct result of a man that's basically, you know, he ends up being sentenced for death. He ends up fast-forwarding in time and everything to 2018 from the point that, you know, the origin of this movie and everything. And at this point, um, you know, we're left to see this, um, I guess you could call it, adventure, not knowing that that adventure is the real-life experience of somebody that's, in, in a literal sense, going through a sense of hell. You know, so it's it's really kind of kind of weird in, in a in a screwed up kind of way. You know, I mean, is this shit really going on? You know, is this? Um, I mean, is it good or bad? You know, that's that's really kind of a, a question I I have about it. You know, if if um, somebody is put to death, you know, for killing somebody else, and in addition to that, they end up um, you know getting the lethal injection and everything, and you know they end up putting it, being put in hell. And we're actually left with the glimpse of what this hell is. It's kind of trippy, you know, to think that uh, all the stuff that, that you read about and, you know, and all these different variations of, I mean, that you hear about. I, I shouldn't say you don't, you don't read about it, you know, because you certainly don't see this kind of stuff in, in any religious text. You just hear about it from those people that are actually from these religions. And that's the trippy thing. You know, I've I've never, you know, in my my experience, I've never read about concepts of of heaven and hell. In reading the Bible and reading the Vedic texts and reading, um, reading anything. Now, the only place that I have read it has been in parts of the Quran, which discuss the whole idea and concept of being elevated and, you know, getting your harem and all this other stuff and everything by basically giving yourself to Allah, you know, through the ultimate sacrifice, which is sacrificing your own life, right? But, you know, it's just, it's kind of bizarre, you know, that uh, the, the subtle lessons they're, they're trying to teach, you know, if, if that's indeed, you know, so there's one possibility. One, we're seeing an, an, in fact, alternate reality. A second possibility is we're receiving, we're receiving um, programming, it, it, it's supposed to be a, a religious education that's teaching you, you know, this is what's going to happen if you disobey the laws in a major way. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'm a fan of this. You know, I don't know. It's tough to say. You know, I look at it and I go, okay. So anyways, the relationships that I'm seeing between us was um, Bobby. He's the, uh, he's, uh, there's another show called Supernatural. And uh, Supernatural features some guys that are actually um, 
more or less. It's it's the adventures of Dean and Sam Winchester that end up um, going through uh, more or less hell, and they're experiencing demons and um, vampires and werewolves and all this other nasty shit and everything. Um, all the while, uh, they're more or less, they consider this a normal part of their life. They don't know any other part of their life. For them, this is normal. Well, one of the things I find interesting is, um, who's the guy, um, guy Bobby, I just mentioned, he's, he's actually, he plays a character in this post-apocalyptic world of a Terminator world. You know, so in Terminator Salvation, he actually plays um, the, the part of a post-apocalyptic guy that ends up, uh, you know, more or less trying to actually, he's the resistance going against the machines and all this other stuff and everything. Well, the interesting thing is there's the, the crossover of the same exact storyline where he is, um, he is more or less, uh, he, he comes over from an alternate reality that's a, it's an apocalyptic world where basically angels and demons and all this other nasty shit are fighting with each other and everything. And um, he's just, you know, he ends up coming from this alternate reality, you know, that's based on the same concepts of, of Terminator Salvation. And it's just like, wow. You know, I mean, it, it's interesting how the, they interlink these things. And are they doing this intentionally is one of my questions. You know, um, using the same characters and everything from different, uh, you know, from the same kind of landscapes intentionally. You know, are they choosing their characters intentionally? I mean, that, that seems pretty interesting that they're actually doing this. So, you know, I mean, sure, you, a lot of these guys get cast into the roles and everything. You know, but Terminator for me is a, is a long series. Now, something else I noticed the other day about um, Terminator 3, it's The Rise of the Machines. Um, there was a, basically, it's, it's the story of John Connor again, um, more or less going through what he's going through and trying to actually, uh, more or less prevent the war before it even happens and everything. And he ends up coming across Claire Danes. Well, one thing I noticed between Terminator 1 and Terminator 2, um, versus Terminator 3 was... It's almost like in, in high def, you can see it, but in, in lower definitions, you can't. It's almost like there's a different quality of film, a different... It's like a... I, I would go so far to say it's a... Oh, kind of like a, a lower quality film that's used for number three, um, despite the fact... I mean, not just that, but it's almost like it's the first one between the three of them that you can tell is acted. Now the first two, you know, weren't were uh, you know were clearly not acted. You know, for me that that's actually what I what I got out of those movies was it does not seem like they were acted at all. It looks it looks like you know if you pay attention to all the scenes and everything, there's really what I consider no tells that that that's actually that this is anything but a real world. Where, especially in high def, you can very easily see that tell, you know, in, uh, in, in Terminator 3, you know, and just the whole concept of it is just, is interesting. So, I've just, um, one of the things I've been doing is just basically putting TV on in the background and <coughs> whether or not it's leaving it on Star Trek The Next Generation all day or 
know, this is part of the the recovery for this cold. I'm just really not doing that much. So, other than looking at some of these movies and just looking at it from a microanalysis perspective. Just like, huh, that's really interesting. I didn't uh, see that before. So, in any case, um, this isn't going to be long tonight. It's already pretty late and everything, but uh, I'm... I don't have a whole lot going on lately. I mean, I've got a cold that I'm fighting. My ear was uh, massively plugged this morning. Um, the journey up here, definitely, there's a, there's not really that much of a difference in altitude, but coming to, you know, there's definitely a lot of variant altitudes in the coming. And uh, my ear ended up plugging up. It was pretty fiercely, and it was causing a lot of pressure on my sinuses, and I, I just, today it really kind of knocked the crap out of me. I was just not feeling good at all. The cold's still there, so I'm still fighting it and everything, but it's just the type of thing that, uh, you know, I want this thing to be done with. So, with that said, it's just like, eh, you know, nothing, nothing new's going on here. I've got uh, my new computer being shipped in tomorrow, so... <laughs> Um, I went to go see my father today, and uh, we ended up playing, um, what was it, Phase 10 for a while, and he is doing really well when it comes down to it. He's, uh, he's in recovery, and he's doing really well, you know, when, when it comes down to that recovery, and just surprisingly, it's just, um, you know, uh, I'm, really, I'm really proud of him. You know, for doing everything that he's been doing. You know, um, still a pain in the ass. You know, we definitely don't see 100% eye to eye on some things. And uh, he refuses to, you know, refuses to call me by the name I wish to be called anymore, which is Q. So, you know, um, he'll get over that in time. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it'll definitely be the type of thing that I'm watching the whole sequence where uh, John, uh, the uh, guy ends up going into the computer and he's able to see things and everything inside the computer when he uh, comes into it in Terminator Salvation. Um, no, I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, he's, he's very rigid and very set in his ways, you know, when it comes down to how he views the world and everything. Now, like me, he's definitely egocentric. Um, so the apple doesn't far, fall far from from the tree, and you know when it uh, when it comes down to it, it's just like it's there's definitely you know despite the fact that uh, he's you know just now getting out of the hospital and everything, um, he's definitely you know got uh, got some things that uh, <laughs> I don't know or it's not that we're totally contentious on, but um, we're playing cards and he's he's just got a gruff personality. You know, he's always had it ever since I can remember, and I dare say he always will. I mean, maybe a, maybe somebody can learn. That's the way I look at it. You know, a a new approach. You know, just a new way of dealing with people and that kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't know if it's possible, but I definitely think it's within the realms of possibility. So we'll see. We'll see. But other than that. Um, yeah, not much going on here. Just kind of the same old, same old. Uh, ended up doing that for three hours today. My The pressure in my ear was killing me by the time we ended up getting out. And I have learned to block things out, you know, mentally. So I just, uh, more or less, um, when it comes down to pain, I've learned to turn it off in a literal sense. And it's... Uh, 
it's something that uh, what happens is emotionally I end up just basically shutting down altogether. And uh, I think they ended up seeing this, and my mom, it was just like, you can definitely tell she's trying to entertain, and me, it's just like, eh, whatever. You know, I mean, I'm here, and, you know, it is what it is. It's what it comes down to. So, other than that, um, we ended up uh, going out for um, lunch afterwards, too. It was like a little hole-in-the-wall place, like a Denny's and everything, and... Not much going on there, you know, just uh, same old, same old type shit and everything. And ended up coming back here and uh, went by a place called Celestial Healing afterwards. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's kind of like a holistic place that uh, they sell um, rocks and, you know, basically um, a holistic type supplies and everything. Rocks and candles. So I ended up buying some candles and, you know, just relaxed with those today and everything. And, uh... Yeah, that's about it. Nothing more going on here. Just kind of same old, same old boring. So, um, but I, I started, here's the thing. Um, over the years, I've noticed a lot of relationships um, between the movies and um, between the movies themselves. You know, so if you take source code, and source code's about time travel. It's about, you know, the whole concept that somebody ends up, um, you know, more or less manipulating time on a regular basis. And uh, they're more or less saving the world and everything. Well, if you take a look at something like that versus something like, um, oh, Terminator, it's about time travel as well. Or, um, oh, what is it, uh, other movies like Dark City or, um, oh, what's the other one? It's like Dark City, 13th Floor. Uh, if, if you start taking a look at all these movies, you start seeing a lot of commonalities, you know, in the thread about. Um, it, it, and it's my opinion that what they're doing is they're actually showing the the factual progression of the development of this country. You know, so each one in itself is more or less displaying what we came from as far as a country is concerned, what we really went through. You know, so if you take the facts that are regurgitated on us from a society perspective and everything, and instead of taking those facts and actually accepting each one, you know, such as JFK was murdered in 1962 or so, um, Abraham Lincoln, blah, 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 you know, um, but then you add on the other facts. And at this point, you just basically say, okay, Everything that's in movies is the de facto history of what's happened to this United States, and not only that, but what's also caused, um, what's also led to the development of, of the human mind. So, if you start tracing all this down, you start realizing that the interconnection between all these, you know, you've got Freaky Friday where two people's consciousness shift. You've got um, Frankenstein, young Frankenstein, and all that kind of stuff, where the reanimation of the human body and everything occurred. You've got, um, oh, what was it, Edge of Tomorrow, which was just on earlier today, where Tom Cruise, he he dies and literally wakes up and he's repeating the same day over and over again and he keeps on dying at the end of the, at the end trying to actually kill this you know this time traveling you know species and everything that uh, they're basically invading earth and everything um you got groundhog day which is another another event it's talking about the whole causal loop of the repetition of time and and all this stuff happening on a repetitive basis and everything where 
Bill Murray is literally repeating Groundhog Day over and over again. So in that process of time, he becomes a virtuoso with a computer or with a uh, a piano. He um, gets really good with people. He ends up um, he ends up being able to figure out and actually trace down pretty much everything. He becomes a millionaire. He kills himself hundreds of times and everything. We're to assume. And uh, I've heard you know little little. Uh, calculation saying that the guy, if everything is true, you know, that uh, the guy actually was in this causal loop for 35 years. You know, so um, the invention of lying. So let's say you, you take it all back and let's say we all came from um, more or less, I, I won't say robots, but what I will say is we came from a conscious, a single conscious entity um, called a mind, you know, and in that mind, uh, it was kind of like in a void, and all of a sudden, you know, there was an explosion of things that ended up happening. And this is actually what's known in science as the Big Bang. Well, that explosion, you know, caused um, a lot of confusion at first. You know, and uh, in, a, in a general sense, um, the confusion was caused based on one simple thing, time. There was no way to measure a progression of events that was actually going through in, in any kind of format. So as we know it, you know, chronological events, the events that happen in a succession and everything. There was no way to really learn, you know, to be able to develop, to be able to um, grow intelligent, you know, as a species and everything. So... But if you actually look at all the movies and all the TV shows, what they're depicting is the de facto events which has led to the development of this thing called um, called the Milky Way galaxy. Um, if you look at a movie like Event Horizon, it discusses what happens, you know, when at least when something reaches the event horizon of a black hole, they have a tendency to turn inside out. You know, so it begs the question: Why? Why does something turn inside out when it reaches the the threshold of a, of a you know of a of a of a black hole? You know, so that's actually what I've done a lot of is basically started answering those questions, started finding answers to those questions. Why? You know, so it, it just comes down to okay, if you start tying things together mentally, you know, so in in that black hole instance, there's also a video game called Dead Space. And Dead Space depicts something similar, where basically things get ripped inside out, you know, through this um, organic uh, virus that basically causes things to completely invert. Well, if, if you think about the whole concept of everything comes from the mind, from imagination, then what that means is we went through a whole shitload of iterations there's something called machine learning that uh, is basically it's an iterative approach to I'm going to do an air quote here quote unquote learning based on consumption of information and finding a best answer for that information based on um, based on the comparative accuracy of information that's from known data sets. Now this this to me is a fundamental flaw. In machine learning, what machine learning does is it teaches a computer how to think like um, like the collective consciousness that's out there, or like the collective information pool has actually come to conclude. But what it doesn't do is teach true intelligence. It teaches an iterative 
pattern matching perspective that isn't learning, what it's doing is just basically doing comparative analysis. And while this might be considered the first part of learning, um, what happens is you you end up um, having a the possibility to actually alter um, and I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good way to put this without it sounding conspiratorial. You have the capability, particularly if you're outside the system, to influence the learning and learners in a way that could be detrimental to them and also to potentially the entire society. So, and, and the reason I'm saying that is, um, let's just say, you know, um, eh, I'm not going to go there. I, I don't want to get into, the con- you know, the sounding like I'm, this is a conspiracy because it's not. There's too many different potential perspectives where when it comes down to it, when we go to school, for instance, where we're learning in an information type of way where basically information is given to us and the expectation is that we're supposed to remember this information you know, and we're supposed to leverage this information and regurgitate back um, that same information when we're prompted for it on a test. You know, so we at this point are expected to get comparative skills to be able to manage and to be able to compare a result set of something. And at this point, um, something that may be new, and we're expected to basically provide something that, you know, to some degree of accuracy, um, a best assessment of this, of what we're actually learning about. Well, the reason why this is important is, let's say Skynet and all of this is actually a true record of what happened in World War II. Let's say that Hitler um, commanded, you know, um, basically an army, you know, of Terminator robots. And history has since been altered in such a profound way that basically makes it out to be that uh, these Terminators were humans, um, that all that stuff that happened and everything uh, was a direct result of a combat- combating with the collective mind of reality, not knowing it was basically like a dog chasing its own tail, not understanding that they are effectively killing their own collective mind. And that's actually what caused World War II, in my opinion. Now, there's a couple things that, that uh, I, I suspect uh, may have actually added to the problems that occurred with World War II. You know, and, and you see the rapid progression of two types of technology, radio and, uh, and television, within that period of time. And television um, being programming, arguably a way to transfer information to the collective population that should that information find those that are receiving it, interpreting it in different ways, in such profoundly different ways, this can actually cause a fragmentation of that society and that world to begin with. And it's my belief that that's actually what caused, you know, World War II to begin with, and potentially even World War I. You know, so, and here's a comparison. Um, in peer-to-peer networks, works with uh, something called Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin, uh, when it first came out and everything, I was definitely into. I actually contributed a little bit to the open source movement and everything for it. I did some testing for it. And uh, I also ended up having probably about 100 Bitcoin. And uh, 
that sense has gone the way of the dodo bird. Um, what's it at right now? I'm going to take a look real quick. Bitcoin price. 3,418 US dollars. So in essence, I have I had the equivalent um, in somewhere out there in cyberspace. I still have the equivalent of 341,000 um, United States dollars in Bitcoin. So with with that said, um, when it first came out, uh, it was you know without problems, but very very quickly. In much the same way that Napster ended up having problems, in much the same way that Torrents ended up having problems, it started having a problem with guaranteeing the um, the information that's actually, or basically guaranteeing the transactions. So you have something called a blockchain, which is actually used to to more or less uh, gauge the transactions that occur for for everybody that, that does a transaction with Bitcoin. So every time I send money to you, uh, send Bitcoin to you, and every time you send it to somebody else and so on and so on, each one of those creates a transaction, and each of those transactions are actually stored in a blockchain. So when somebody actually loads up a new client, all those prior transactions are actually gathered in one place, and at that point, it's on the client. And any new transactions that are occurred are spread throughout the network. Well, the problem is you have latency on networks, you know, so speed differences and everything between computers and everything. Um, you have the um, basically hackers out there that might be messing with these transactions and everything, trying to split the network. Um, you have all these different potential problems. You have retries, you have spotty networks, you have black holes that are created and everything. And in a black hole in a networking sense is basically something goes through um, a spot and, you know, information gets transferred through a spot and it actually literally disappears. So this is not uncommon when it comes down to internet communications and everything. But all these things um, amount to, in over a long enough period of time, to a huge blockchain, which takes it, it rather than taking seconds it, when it first came out, you know, to to guarantee a transaction, it would take minutes and then tens of minutes to guarantee one single transaction and everything. You know, unless you have a super powerful computer and everything. Well, what eventually happened was this actually caused a split in the network. So basically, you had one form of Bitcoin, the pure Bitcoin or whatever you want to call it and everything, and then you had a separate network that actually went its own way. And I think it was Litecoin or something like that, and that split numerous times and everything since then. Well, you know, so what's happening is, even though you start off at the same um with the same transactions and the same methods of analysis and everything, because of the sheer volume of information that's actually getting processed through this, what happens is eventually it takes too much time for one thing to process this information, which causes a huge problem You know, when it comes down to validation. And all of a sudden, boom, you start having you know an entire segment of the network basically blip off and... Uh, end up uh, creating its own its own peer system and everything and, and this is actually part of you know part was part of how it was actually built from the get-go so accidentally by the way that was purely accidental so what ended up happening was over time um, that that ended up causing that split well it, this is if you look back through all of fiction 
and you take into account various forms of, of nonfiction and the combating um, biological principles and ideas that have actually been listed in basically every bio- biology book, um, different beliefs of physics and you know, um, the whole concept of the speed of light and different variations for accuracy of the speed of light. If you pick up one physics book and you pick up one that's from, a, you know, 10 and a half year or 15 years ago, um, you might be led to believe that uh, the speed of light is actually more precisely measured over time because technology has gotten better. Well, that's just a misnomer. That's just basically a, a flawed, a fundamentally flawed belief system, which basically takes and doesn't take into consideration that the way that that's being measured and everything, and what's being measured, can actually change over that period of time. That's another potential explanation. So, with World War II, what ended up happening? It's my belief that, uh, and this started with World War One. You know, if you notice. That it was fireside chats were something big by Roosevelt and everything in the United States and um, overseas. There was definitely a lot of uh, hoopla and roar, rip, you know, roar, uproar about uh, about trans, you know, transmitting information via um, what was it um, via radio. Interestingly enough, the Civil War and the advent of Morse code is also another thing that that potentially caused some of the split. You know, as far as the way people perceive reality, information's being transmitted, you know, across digital lines. Digital information's being received, and that's actually causing a split, you know, a split in, in belief systems and that kind of stuff because people just didn't understand the fundamentals of what they were working with. Well, this ultimately led to a different belief system in World War One, you know, and radio transmissions and that kind of stuff. And the way people received information changed. And by the time World War II ended up hitting, um, at that point you have gone with the wind as evidence that color itself, let's take each one of these and just basically say each one is a, a snapshot, not just a movie, but it's also a, a literal, um, a camera in an alternate reality following people on what their daily life is and everything. Now, if you look throughout this and everything, you start finding out that Technicolor, and it took nearly 20 years for the movie industry and TV show industry to actually adopt color. And a lot of them believe that the artistic uh, ability to be able to express themselves wasn't the same with color. Well, you also have odd evidence, you know, through other forms like Pleasantville, you know, where a world turns from black and white to color. You know, let's just say this is the progression and the actual creation of this entire universe. We come from nothing. At one point in this nothingness, we invent this thing called sound. It it wasn't there all along. We invent this and we come to a collective agreement on how sound works. So, there's a question. If a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? Well, here comes the answer. Has sound been invented yet? That's one question. Number two, is somebody around that perceives sound around to actually listen to that sound? You know, um, there's, an, there's, an, um, there's a whole bunch of different responses to that, but the question is, it, the answer is really hard to find. You know, so let's say you go back all the way to the beginning of the universe and everything, and you take nothing for granted. Nothing exists. Absolutely, positively nothing. 
you know, so sound, light, um, computer systems, um, coffee cups, um, TV, all this shit doesn't exist. Nothing. Not a damn thing. Well, at that point, let's just say a mind stood in the void of all this, and that mind um, didn't have words for anything. And slowly but surely, language actually started being invented. Well, that language quickly realized that in order to basically retain information, you need to be able to have um, the capability to, A, store information in a successive way, you know, an event-based way. You know, so here in, uh, in my reality, we have something called the Gregorian calendar, and it stores it in a chronological way. And the way I regard time is, time is nothing more than a succession of events that actually occur in a specific order. And time travel is possible simply because it's, it's like a computer system. You can replay those events any way that you want to. You can alter those events. You can change those events. You can replay the original events if you want to. You can create new events and everything. Nothing ever ceases to exist, truly. So... You know, so that's that's one perspective and everything. But let's go back to the whole origin of consciousness and everything. You know, so if you look at something like um, Freaky Friday again, you know, and the whole consciousness swapping, you know, where, um, or look who's talking, where the mind of an adult goes into a child and everything, and a baby's able to talk, if I'm not mistaken, if that's that's how the movie went and everything. You know, we're we're given a wonderful, wonderful overview of all, uh, I shouldn't say all the possibilities, of a, of a great number of possibilities that actually went into the making of this thing called our universe. Now, for most people, I don't think they're ready to comprehend this. It, it fucks with your brain. Absolutely screws with it. You know, it, it just basically, it starts taking into consideration. It's like, wow, you know, what about war? Well... Everything, this is what I've discovered after all this. What I've discovered is reality isn't just the, con uh, the composition of those, those events that are, that are actually handed to me. They're actually every, every possibility I can imagine. And it is quite possible that information could be hidden by me, to me, or by others, to me, to be able, to, you know, in a, in a sense, to be able to manipulate reality, you know, in a way that that they may see fit. So, how I've come to basically avoid paranoia with this and quit being suspicious of fucking everybody, you know, is just basically say, wait a second, let's keep it simple. This reality is mine. Now, I'll be the first to admit that collectively, it may have been formed. You know, it, or this reality may have been formed in a collective way, you know, and that collective is basically me going through and creating different personalities, different ideas, different concepts, and at this point, um, you know, lying to myself in a memento kind of way, you know, that uh, just basically saying to myself, hey, you know, um, even now it appears like these other people around are not you. They are. You know, every single one of them is. Now, some are going to know. Some aren't. You know, some are, you know, and those, those that aren't, you know, they, if they don't see the same world I do, well, eventually they're going to find a way to exit, my, exit the stage of my, my world to be able to create their own. It really is that simple. There isn't any collective fight 
you know, to basically ensure that the greater good is done here, you know, because we're all part of the same overarching individual mind. Now, you know, for me, it's just like, that's actually why I call myself God, aka Q. I don't like that identity. You know, I only, I only say that just because of the fact that so few people do, you know, whether or not it's a Morgan Freeman or um, George Burns. And this is actually what I've learned. These people I greatly respect for having the audacity to identify themselves by a name by, and by a figure, you know, that uh, just basically made me think and made me quit judging them, basically say, hmm, maybe it's my responsibility to myself, you know, to get to that point. And this is actually what deep down subconsciously was being embedded in me, to get to the point of basically saying to myself, I'm that guy. I'm that dude. You know, the whole concept of, there's a movie called The Life of Brian. It's a Monty Python adventure and everything. And, uh, I mean, if if my view, my view is accurate, I know that. You know, so The Life of Brian is the de facto tales about <laughs> my, my origins. You know, it, it's put into a movie. It's a cheesy-ass fucking movie, but I love it. And it's goofy, and it's so me. You know, it's about a guy that's actually born next to Jesus and everything. And, you know, the way I look at it is it's it's more or less my own mind a- attempting to avoid responsibility for this thing called creation. And as a result, the whole time I was shifting it, shifting responsibility to something else. I was playing the victim, you know, in a general sense. So... You know, so anyways, the story goes, um, there's an interconnection, and uh, that interconnection itself can be traced through every movie. Now, I, I tried to sit down and actually, you know, discuss things like, oh, the invention of lying. So let's say we grew up, you know, um, I grew up, and then consequently we grew up as a series of different robots and everything, thinking more or less like robots, more or less binary, you know, so... It, you know, through various points and everything, this whole binary thinking and everything led eventually to the evolution of humanity and the evolution of of this thing called Earth itself and everything. Now, let, let's say that um, that at one point, you know, there was nothing but quote-unquote the truth that was discussed and everything between all members of the collective. Now, to some degree, that truth was causing an utter collapse of reality in itself. You know, just because ultimately the truth is still biased, it's still perspective-based, and it, and uh, really when it comes down to it, the truth isn't necessarily the truth. The truth is merely what's on the mind at that moment with the, the frame of reference given for that moment. It doesn't make it the truth, it makes it a truth. That's actually what I discovered back then. So the invention of lying is awesome because of, uh, I mean, basically Richie Gervais, uh, Ricky Gervais or whatever his name was, he was in the office. He ends up, um, he lives in a world where nothing but the truth is spoken. And people are brutal. You know, it's like Jennifer Garner, you know, she's talking to Ricky Gervais who has an utter crush on him. You know, she loves him. And the guy that, that she's with treats her like dog meat. You know, he's an asshole. So here he is, you know, here she is, or here Ricky Gervais is, 
realizing that this relationship between the two of them is toxic, and he can't do anything about it. You know, because, hey, they're in a relationship, and, hey, he's, according to Jennifer Garner, too fat and pudgy, you know, to be able to have kids himself. You know, and the, the potential mix from a DNA perspective and everything, oh, it'd just be toxic. Well, this is like two computers talking. Hey, you know, the program that we would have as a result of this inter, inter combination and everything would be, you know, foreseeably, predictably bad. Well, that's one way of looking at life. And I love Ricky Gervais's uh, take on it. He ended up actually, you know, taking it and basically saying, you know, talking about some big guy in the sky and everything. Well, so let's say at that point, when he started talking about this, that got my attention. It, and let's say that in his reality, all of a sudden, because they started talking about me, that's actually what brought my attention to that to that movie and what actually created that movie to begin with. I saw a different reality. I heard about a different reality through the ether. What the fuck is going on? Oh, that was weird. I'm not doing anything with my computer and my sequel just ran a package on it. <laughs> um, but anyways, he ends up, uh, you know, so this is, let's just say this is a de facto um, shift in the invention of lying is a, is a literal this is where the whole binary true-false ended up breaking down, you know, because what's the truth? You know, if, if the truth is basically biased on your own perspective at all times, and you cannot say something to, to somebody um, with the choice to instead make them feel good about themselves, you know, um, choosing not to say the first thing that comes to your mind, which is, yeah, you're fat and you're pudgy and, you know, we wouldn't make good kids. All of a sudden, boom. You might actually change and alter this very state of that relationship and everything. And I've realized that over and over again throughout my life. You know, that uh, when you, um, if you don't, I ended up having a moment where I ended up, you know, being able to tell the truth you know, to my ex-wife about the, the affairs, the, some affairs that ended up happening. And for about two years after that, you know, it's just like I ended up telling her what, um, I ended up telling her the truth. But the truth wasn't about the affairs. The truth uh, is that I was out with my friends, I was partying all night and everything, and we ended up uh, getting back too late and everything as a result of it. And you know, I mean, I ended up omitting the part that we ended up hooking up with this girl named Shondell and all this other stuff, so the truth by, by omission. Now, here's the thing. If the whole time I'm spent, you know, basically as one single mind that has fragmented in a schizophrenic multiple personality disorder way, and each one of these shards, this personality, I've also developed an image for and that image in itself, from my perspective, may be one and the same from from their perspective and everything too, but eventually it gets to the point where it starts breaking free. 
where the image that they develop for themselves is going to be different than my own. And I have a feeling that's actually what started happening back in World War II. And you've got movie Life is Beautiful, which is evidence for that. You know, where basically one man ended up going through World War II and he flat out didn't see the World War, you know, the World War going on around him. So it, it's here's the thing. What I've realized over the, over the years of my life and everything was I've really tried my damnedest to be good to people. Um, I've made some impetuous, some um, some you know some some decisions which are certainly questionable, you know. But in the end, you know, the fact of the matter is, no, I didn't go to church just because I didn't like the idea of being like a. <laughs> I didn't like the idea of being like them. They all seemed like they were all fake, unauthentic, um, like they were shallow in a lot of cases. That's why I didn't go to church. It's not that I didn't believe in a whole higher, higher possibility. It's just that I just didn't like the people that represented the organizations. They they tended to tell me how to think, rather than let me come to my own conclusions and everything. And uh, that just seemed entirely disrespectful. I mean, here here we are, you know, we're, according to their own religion, you know, they're practicing free will. You know, that's the whole concept of it. And yet I'll get somebody in Starbucks that'll argue with me about what I call myself, Q. You know, it's just like, that's not your God-given name. I chose. What's so hard about respecting choice? Just because you may not like it doesn't make it the, you know, an inappropriate choice. But in any case, um, I guess uh, all I'm trying to say is it's if you take a look at uh, TV shows like Sliders and Charmed and Quantum Leap, you know, the whole consciousness uh, shifting thing and everything, and the lack of um, the lack of true temporal control. You know, whenever somebody's actually going through time, um, Timeless is another TV show, where anytime something's changed, it creates a cascading effect. Well, in my opinion, the reason that happens is because of a collective management system that's trying to find a one-size-fits-all equation, you know, to basically tie all timelines together. And to be honest, um, I just don't think that's possible. And if it is possible, it's already happened. And as a result, we're living, you know, at this point, making choices to actually live freely and to do what we want to. So, anyways, um, it's my belief that if you actually go through all the media, you know, that's available to you, that's a separate and distinct history lesson of the formation of this planet. Now, it's not the truth. You know, if you're looking for the truth, the only one that's going to create that truth is going to be you. It's like me, my truth. My truth is from my perspective. You know, the things I create, the things I accept, the things I believe in and everything, the things that I want and the things that I desire, you know, all shape this thing I call reality. I, I, I've been seeing through the holes in it and everything and just understanding how people act in a mechanical fashion on a lot of occasions and everything, including my mom. You know, um, it doesn't make them a robot. You know, it doesn't make them that much different than me, especially at one point in my life and everything. It just basically means I'm me, you know. I've kind of taken control of my reality and, you know, as they grow older and get ready to depart my reality, 
all I can do is sit there and just basically look at my mom and dad now and thank them for for everything. You know, the lessons that they've taught me inadvertently, um, even if they don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing and everything. The fact of the matter is, somewhere in there, just by being them, they taught me that fantasy is real. They taught me to believe. And not just believe in, in you know, dark shit and warfare and all this other stuff, but to ta taught me to believe in Santa Claus and an Easter Bunny and and <laughs> magic. The honest to goodness, real thing. One of these days, I do hope my dad addresses me as Q on a regular basis. But if he doesn't, it doesn't mean that's not who I am. It just means that he's an individual that doesn't respect others like I do, like I like I would like I would want them to. I can't tell him what to do, but I love him nonetheless. You know, so when he addresses me by my legal name, it's his prerogative. You know. It's like calling some, you know, a guy, me using the term dude for a guy I swear I can't remember the name of. What's up, dude? I would do that all the time. And I've had a lot of people call me on it, too. What's up, dude? I know it could be fucking annoying. But it's also what, what taught me to start taking the time to actually learn names. Because I realized how annoying it was, particularly beyond the receiving end. My dad's a different man, and he may not be that man, you know, that uh, is capable or wants to. That's okay. That's what I've realized. He's a different personality, and I've always accepted him as such. So, anyways, um, it's 12.08. I'm going to hit the sack, and uh, probably going to go see that movie, um, what is it? The Magic One. There's some magic uh, movie that's uh, out with the uh, Johnny Depp in it and everything. I'm going to go check out in the next couple days. So, anyways, thank you for listening. And, um, yeah, I would... I, I've actually tried sitting down and coming up with a mind-mapping solution that would help me map all the movies together to try to create a sense of a non-linear timeline that actually has all the back and forths of time travel that have occurred in TV shows and movies in it, you know, to, and also see the cross-references between things, you know, such as Terminator Salvation to super, the TV show Supernatural or Bobby's in, and all this other stuff, too. But um, to be honest, I mean, I, I tried using Microsoft Project to do it with, and Microsoft Project only goes, I think it's the year 2140, and it only goes to the year 1900 in the, in the back. So that's clearly, utterly unusable, as is any Microsoft software that actually has dates in it. So I can't so much as put, um, you know, in an Excel format, you know, a date before 1900. So that blows that out of the water. But uh, there's not that much else that I can, uh, that I see out there that actually has the the capabilities that Microsoft stuff does, you know, that uh, can do what I want it to. But Microsoft isn't always the the first to market and the most understanding of the needs of the core of the uh, of those that are using it and they put in constraints within their software that to some degree reinforce a uh, a mindset 
a groupthink mindset more than they uh, they actually intend to. But it is what it is. So have a good night.